Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome, happy Brewers Outlet Day to you. You need to stock up for the weekend because there's going to be a lot of viewing in front of the old TV set this weekend. Between college games tomorrow, Penn State, Ohio State at 3.30 airtime, 2 o'clock here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. You also have tomorrow night the World Series taking place. You've got the Eagles and the 49ers on Sunday. You've got Sunday night football with the Steelers and the Lions. You've got a big weekend of viewing. And it might be a little rainy on Sunday as well. Well, go out and stock up now. Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. They have been with us here from day one. Day one they've been with us. Well, it's easy for me to be loyal to them because they have a great product. Why? You want beer? Best of imports, domestics, microbrews. Best selection anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, plenty of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Those bags are right there at the register. Stores really well laid out. Wide aisles to negotiate. Plenty of help to get cases to the car if you need it. Plenty of free parking. Oh, and by the way, last but we all know, certainly not least, everybody all together now, because we're getting converts left and right. Kim Jones talked about it. My brother talks about it. Guess what? The pickle bar, which is all together now, second to none, led by the barrels and the dills. Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Speaking of being with us from day one, we can't do any of this without... Sunbury Motors in the Sunbury Motors studio. I mean, I sit in this great studio here every single day and have done so for almost six years now. And it doesn't happen without Tom and the great, great group at Sunbury Motors. I can't say enough about them because, number one, great business, awesome people to deal with. They're the best in their business, right? the best, and proud to have that great association with them. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We're headed for the holidays. You know what makes a great holiday gift? I mean, a great holiday. You want to make an impact? (laughs) Get a car. Get a vehicle. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Play-by-play voice of Ohio State football, Paul Keels, will be coming up in the show today. Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch, in just a few moments. The great Phil Steele at 4.06 today. Looking forward to hearing from him. He'll break down all the contenders in college football. And Neil Riddell in the final half hour. Great to be with you today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
SFC is where you want to be for your next new Ford during the annual Fall Ford Markdown event. SFC is where you want to be if you want 46 Ford Escapes to choose from starting under 20 grand. SFC is where you want to be for your next new Ford F-150. Choose from over 50 F-Series trucks starting at $23,994. Sunbury Motors has sold over 40,000 Ford trucks over the past 102 years. SFC is where you want to be if you want to buy a brand new Explorer for under 30 grand. 14 Explorers starting at $29,925. Every new Ford has deep discounts during SMC's annual Fall Ford Markdown event. Fusions, Focuses, and Fiestas are at the year's lowest prices. SMC is where you want to be if you want to save big money on your next new Ford. Sunbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza. Sunbury. True refreshment can come in many forms, but it can only be found in one place, the Beverage Supermarket, Brewer's Outlet in Sunbury. Along with their great selection of beer, including imports and microbrews, they have lots of water, soda, fresh roasted peanuts, and an unbelievable variety of pickles at the Pickle Bar. Look for great deals on wine coolers and your favorite snacks, too. Get true refreshment all in one place, the Beverage Supermarket, Brewer's Outlet in Sunbury. Welcome back. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports domestic microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar is indeed second to none. It's all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up now. Big weekend coming up. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in beautiful downtown Hummel's Wharf. A big night coming up tonight. Bill Rabinowitz of the Columbus Dispatch in a moment. Big night tonight. High school football. Southern Columbia at Sealands Grove. You'll hear it on Eagle 107. 6 o'clock airtime, 7 o'clock kickoff. The Little Brown Jug game tonight, Mifflinburg, Lewisburg tonight. That'll be on 100.9, the Valley, 7 o'clock with a 6.30 airtime. And Milton at Chickalemi tonight, WMLP with the Milton broadcast with Steve Williams at 6.30 tonight. And right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, the award-winning Kevin Herr along with Dick Hort joining us for the broadcast, 6.30 with a 7 o'clock kickoff tonight. Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Beat writer covering Ohio State football. Bill, welcome. Great to have you with us. Happy to be on with you guys. All right. Uh, Ohio State, uh, they have played a schedule where, at the moment, there's one team with a winning record on it. How much do you know about them at this point? That's a great question. That's kind of the question. Is Obviously, the, the one marquee opponent they played, Oklahoma, they laid an egg. And uh, they rolled over five very inferior opponents. So have they improved since Oklahoma? Absolutely. Does it matter? Well, we'll find out on Saturday because this is by far the best test that Ohio State's had since Oklahoma. I felt last year, and you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, I felt that they got away at some point last season from the short to intermediate passing game and tried to stretch the field more with some plays. Uh, a, did they do that last year? And B, have they become very disciplined in that area this year? 
Well, at times they did. I wouldn't say that was really the overall problem. I just think that they kind of lacked consistency. They, they struggled on the offensive line in big games, and, and that really hurt them. Uh, the receivers never really developed last year. That's different this year. They have, they have six guys. They rotate in, and they really have been pretty, uh, pretty consistent. Uh, different guys had different elements. Uh, Benjamin Victor is a guy who can really, uh, a really good uh, red zone threat. He's not six four, very long arms. Uh, he stops the set in there. Paris Campbell is a guy who can catch a, a, a crossing pattern and go with. He's incredibly fast. Uh, so they have they have weapons now. It's just a matter of okay, uh, can they be consistent? Can they avoid the drops? And can the can JC throw the ball on time and accurately? And can their line protect? That's you know basically age old football question. You've watched a lot of great tailbacks there over the years. Um, when you look at J.K. Dobbins, what are some of the qualities that you see in him that impress you? I think the thing that jumps out at me is his lateral quickness. He can kind of stop on a dime and just shift kind of a jump cut and avoid tacklers. Most of his yards come between the tackles. Both he and Mike Weber are really between the tackled runners. They can go outside, but they, they prefer to go north-south pretty quickly. Um you know, for a freshman, uh, he makes very few mistakes. He's pretty good on, on blitz pickups, uh, can catch the ball. He seems very mature. You know, we don't really talk to these guys a lot. As a freshman, he's been available a couple times, and and seems like he's a, a pretty mature, level-headed kid. Um, you know, it was kind of funny because two years ago, Saquon Barkley kind of announced his presence against Ohio State. Uh, I remember Ezekiel Elliott tweeted after the game, and you know, watch out for this kid. And, and uh, you know, Dobbins has a chance because obviously all the attention is going to be on Barkley and then the Heisman Trophy front runner as he should be. And I'm sure that for guys like that, it's like, okay, you know, I'm in this game too. J.T. Barrett, uh, certainly one of the great leaders Ohio State's ever had. I can't think of somebody else that's been a three-time cap- captain someplace. No, nope, nobody like, has like, Right, amazing. What has he done with his game this year that has made him, in your opinion, a better quarterback? Yeah, he's he's quicker with his reads. Last year, he would wait till the guy was open and then throw it. Now he's anticipating more, letting receivers have a chance to make a play on the run, make a play, even if it's not a clear cut, you know, hundred percent kind of decision. It used to be that last year, and something against Oklahoma this year. He would be a little tentative. He was so careful about not throwing an interception that he would pass up very makeable throws because he just didn't want to risk it. So I think that that's different. I think he just has more confidence in the guys around him, particularly the receivers, but also the offensive line. Did it take a little while for everyone to get used to coordinator and and players, players coordinated? Was there a break-in period? Sure. And I, I asked Urban Meyer that last week. I said, is that kind of any kind of – explanation or excuse for what happened in Oklahoma. He said, no. He said they should have been on the same page and clicking right from the start, but that's probably unrealistic. The fact is that they had to kind of get in the heat of the moment in a tough game like Oklahoma and really figure out, okay, does this work? Does that work? What are we? What is our identity? And they didn't have it against Oklahoma, and they think they've found it now. And if you look at Kevin Wilson's history, starting with Miami of Ohio and then Northwestern and Oklahoma and then even in Indiana as the head coach, his offenses have been spectacular. And so anyone who would question whether Kevin Wilson could get this offense clicking would probably be pretty pretty foolish. Um, and they're very happy with their quarterback coach, Ryan Day, who came from the NFL and has adopted some of the Chip Kelly principles. And so it's a, it's a much more, I think, efficient offense than it was last year. I think that they have a better identity. Um, 
But again, we, we it's easy to say that when you're beating up on UNLV. Let's see what happens this week against, against Penn State. Going into the season, the perception was that front four, or maybe better to say eight, the way they rotate players in, there may not be a better one in the country. Has it played out that way as you've observed it? Yeah, it has. It really has. And in fact, it's more than eight deep. You could probably go 12 deep with some of these guys. I mean, right. Chase Young, a true freshman, is going going to be a superstar, and he, he doesn't play that much right now. So, yeah, you figure that Nick Bosa is technically not a starter. I mean, it depends on the game, but he's he's kind of behind Tyquan Lewis and Sam Hubbard. Those are the two defensive ends. You have Jalen Holmes. You, I mean, it's it, they really are loaded, and I think that's going to be a huge test for Penn State's offensive line, which you know, I think it's an improved line. I'm not sure it's an elite line, and, and when you have Ohio State that can come at them in waves and not have tired linemen in the fourth quarter, that's going to be a, a real challenge for Penn State. Then what have you thought about the back seven, linebackers and DBs? Yeah, they've been they've been good. I don't think they've been great, especially with the DBs. I mean, guys have come on. Jordan Fuller has come on. He's now a pretty solid safety. Damon Webb, they feel pretty good about. Um, Denzel Ward is a is a pretty close to a lockdown corner. The other cornerback spot has been pretty shaky. They hope that Kendall Sheffield, who was a junior college guy who originally signed with Alabama, would would become a star from day one, and, and he's had his issues. Damon Arnett is kind of a smaller guy. Uh, they really like the freshman Jeffrey Akuda, but he's, again, a true freshman. Um, a lot of backers have been good. They, they lost uh, Chris Worley. He sprained his foot against taking one of those cut blocks against Army, and the tough Portland has come in and played very well, and, and now they've, they've, uh, Worley, they think, is back. And so they're, they're pretty solid there. Jerome Baker is a... Uh, a real star. I mean, he's, he's really good. A guy, yeah, he's really good, and, and that's a guy that's going to be essential. You know, he, they may put him on Kasiki. They may he'll they'll use him in a lot of ways to try to combat some of what Penn State does. What has uh, happened to the depth on the Ohio State defense now that the suspensions have been lifted to Michael Hill at defensive tackle and uh, Eric Smith at safety? Yeah, the rich get richer. Hill is a bigger factor because uh, he was a starter last year. Eric Smith was a guy who was really beaten out by Jordan Fuller. So, um, you know, they got him back. I'm not sure that they really are going to plan to use him as a significant role unless something happens with an injury or something. Um, obviously, it's good to, to add depth. But to be honest, they they were fine without either one of those guys because uh, of the players they had in front of them. Obviously, special teams played a big role in last year's game. Uh for Penn State in their win here, and we know that Urban Meyer is directly involved in doing a lot with the special teams. Yet they're last in the Big Ten in punt return number right now, which is somewhat of a surprise. How do you view Ohio State's Ohio State special teams so far? In certain ways, it's very good. In certain ways, it's very bad. Paris Campbell is a very dangerous kickoff returner. Yeah, 30, 39 uh, it, yards of return. I mean, with the, with that speed, impressive. Right, right. Uh, you know, he's you give him a steam and he's gone. So he's very dangerous. You know, they just haven't gotten their punt return game going. It's not that they've been bad at it necessarily, just, you know, they just haven't been kind of those low kicks that, okay, here comes KJ Hill and he's got 10 yards and then we'll see what happens. It just, they just haven't had that kind of opportunity. Uh, Drew Christman has come in and replaced Cam Johnson. The Australian who was here for I think 20, 25 years and and it's done very well. <laughs> and is also um, the so fa- is also the fastest punter I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah that was funny. unbelievable. When people, about that, when people talk about that play last year, the thing that struck me when I watched was how did Cam Johnson almost catch her? I know. <laughs> you know? It was amazing. Uh, 
But uh, Sean Murnberger, who was hurt last year, is the field goal kicker. He's been pretty solid, unlike I know Penn State's had their issues with that. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, Ohio State has not given up a single yard in putt return all year. Nobody has, has gained a yard in putt return. That's what the Coop Christman and the coverage teams have been. Wow. So uh, the, the issue with Ohio State and special teams has been primarily kickoff coverage because what they do is they, they line all their guys to the left side, and the intention is to kick it to the left side, kind of cough and corner it, Right. And then pin them down in the you know fifteen yard line or so. Well, the kickoffs have been inconsistent. They've tried a couple different kickers, a freshman Blake Hobbiel, and also Nuremberger. And a couple times they've been kicked to the middle of the field, and that leaves them very vulnerable. Uh, the kid from Maryland returned one for a touchdown. So with Barkley, I have a feeling they may just say, "Let's just kick it the end zone and be done with it. Let them have a twenty five. Well, of course, you're kicking off. That means you've scored. So, <laughs> yeah, it's their worst problem to have. If that's the worst problem your team has, you know, that's that's okay. What do you think of Penn State? I think they're very, very good. I think uh, to have as many weapons on offense. Obviously, it starts with Barkley, but you also have McSorley, you have Kasicki, you have Hamilton, uh, and they have other guys who are kind of underrated or at least under under uh, appreciated, uh, waiting in the wings. I'm not sold entirely on the offensive line. I mean, you would know better than I would. I think defensively they've been outstanding. But, again, they haven't played an offense anywhere close to Ohio State. I looked this up. That's right. I think that Northwestern was ranked 74th in total offense. That's the best offense that they've played this year. And Michigan, we know, has a very flawed offense, very shaky passing game. And you look at the other opponents Penn State has played, you go, okay, yeah, I think they're very good. They're very aggressive. They play well together. But they have not been tested the way that Ohio State's going to test them. It's it's, it's funny, and I'm going to write this: is that for for the number second and number sixth ranked teams in the country to meet in late October, they're still a mystery in a lot of ways because you just don't know how good either team is because of the competition they fight. Uh, what does this game mean to the fan base? There, we know Michigan is the be all end all. Got it. Completely understand that. Has this game risen to any level? there over the years, uh, other than the fact that both teams right now are really good? It has. I mean, they compete for recruits. They're obviously a joining state. So I, I think that they, uh, Penn State is a special team to Ohio State fans. There, there are three. It's it's Michigan, it's Michigan State, and it's Penn State. Okay. And those are the three games in the East, three opponents in the East that Ohio State really considers their rivals. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought that after the, the sanctions, the Penn State would be down for a long, long time. Obviously, that hasn't happened. That's a credit to their coaches and their players. And after what happened last year when, when Penn State you know, stunned them, I mean, Sam Hubbard said, uh, said last week that you know they just didn't really respect Penn State as a team that they thought could beat them. And so I think that they were very surprised. And at the time, honestly, Penn State wasn't a great team. I mean, they played very well that night, and that just that – just, jump-started that program, really. Um, the Penn State was a different team from that moment on. But until that game, they, they looked like a team that, okay, they'll be tough at home because they'll wide out, and Penn State's certainly a credible program. But I don't think Ohio State saw them as being on their level necessarily, Ohio State fans at least, and I think they certainly do now. I mean, when you're the number two team in the country coming in, this is a statement game. I mean, it's not just about the playoffs and, and all this. It's about, okay, who's really the best program in the Big Ten? Absolute pleasure, Bill. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Look forward to it. Thank you. Bill Rabinowitz from the Columbus Dispatch. Next half hour, Paul Keels, then Phil Steele at 4.06. Neil Riddell, final half hour. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
Sports Talk, where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Brewers Outlet Day, everybody. Great to have you with us on the show. And today's show is brought to you by our great friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. This is going to be a great weekend. You have a weekend that combines maybe some decent weather tomorrow, but some rain coming in on Sunday. So you're just going to hunker down for the weekend. Well, you want to make sure you're fully stocked. You've got Penn State, Ohio State tomorrow. You've got the World Series tomorrow night. You've got the Eagles 49ers coming up on Sunday. Sunday night, you've got the Lions and the Steelers. So you just want to make sure that you hit the easy chair and you've got plenty of beverages stocked up. Maybe you'll have some friends over as well. That'll be a lot of fun, too. And you want to make sure you go to Brewer's Outlet. You want to go now. Go now. Okay? Or maybe right after the show, go. Ah, you can listen to the car radio as you go over. Imports Domestics Microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks, plenty of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. That pickle bar, all together now, you've heard it for almost six years, is indeed second to none. Thank you for joining in, everybody. Appreciate that. Led by the barrels and the dills. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's War. Paul Keels, the play-by-play voice of Ohio State, in just a few moments. Phil Steele, next half hour. Final half hour, Neil Riddell, Altoona Mirror. On this day in sports history, in 1961, the American Basketball League began play. 1973, Islanders beat the New York Rangers for the first time ever. 1985, Anthony Carter began an NFL streak of 100 consecutive games with receptions. 1995, the contract that finalized the Cleveland Browns move to Baltimore to become the Ravens was signed in secret. In 1996, Bud Adams, the owner of the Houston Oilers, announced that he would allow his team to play one final season in Houston before moving the team to Nashville, Tennessee. Actually went to Memphis for two years, then they went to Nashville. 1996, Irving Fryerwild, member of the Philadelphia Eagles, became the 15th player in NFL history to catch 600 passes in a career. 2002, the Anaheim Angels won their first ever World Series. They beat the Giants in Game 7. The winning pitcher, John Lackey, who is still pitching today with the Chicago Cubs. Also on this day in 2002, Emmitt Smith of the Cowboys became the all-time leading rusher in the history of the NFL as he reached 16,743 yards. He achieved the record in 193 games. He also scored his 150th career touchdown in the game. 2004, Barry Bond's 700th career home run ball was sold at auction for $804,129. Wow. That is this day in sports history. Time now to bring in the great one himself. He is... uh, a, a great guy. B, he is one of the best broadcasters in all of sports. He is the legendary play-by-play voice of Ohio State football and basketball, Paul Keels, my good friend. Welcome back to the show. It is great to hear you. What a pleasure it is to talk to the Warner Fusell Award winner for the New York Penn League. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> appreciate that. You sent a very nice text after, which I appreciated very much. So. <laughs> I was very happy for you for that. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Well, I think everybody's had this date circled for a little while. Um, 
leading up to it, after the Oklahoma game, what did you see in Ohio State in terms of just pure approach that told you they were heading in the right direction? I think, Steve, what it was was one of those things that coaches hope to have happen without having a defeat, and it was kind of the bring-you-back-to-earth mode, uh, not as good as you think you are, all of the outside noise doesn't really matter, all of this talk about you know favorite to get into the 14 playoff, none of that matters, that this was a team that still had a lot they had to do. And, and since then, and you know we can all talk about all of the numbers of what Ohio State has done in the last five games, et cetera, et cetera. They knew that between then and now they needed to get some momentum. They needed to get some rhythm. They needed to get some confidence and improve on some things, knowing that this was a game. Now, you know, now Urban Meyer talked about, you know, Rutgers had Washington tight in the fourth quarter. You know, Maryland, you know, with two impressive road wins at Texas and at Minnesota, uh, all of these things. But everybody kind of knew without publicly saying it, they needed to take care of business in those five games to be ready for this game. JT Barrett, uh, you've watched, you've chronicled every snap of his career, and he's been a three-time captain. With Kevin Wilson as his current coordinator, where is he a better quarterback now? I, I think so, Steve, but I think also it, you kind of have to look at the crowd around him. He's maybe had better talent around him when he had Devin Smith and Evan Spencer and Ezekiel Elliott and Jeff Hireman at tight end and, and some of the other offensive linemen they've had. But I think what he has done is helped the group around him now get better. Because what was the big failing for Ohio State last year struggled was the fact that their receiving group uh, it didn't make the plays they needed to. Now, whether that was not getting enough protection, uh, JT missing throws, you, you can dissect all of that. But I think now what's happened is this receiving group has grown up. They have developed a two-headed uh, running back threat with J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber. The offensive line seemingly has gotten some traction. And, and I think that also the combination of J.T. Barrett, Kevin Wilson, and let's not leave out Ryan Day, the new quarterback's coach, mm-hmm. right. I think that is all taking roots right now. You mentioned Dobbins in that answer. You've seen, obviously, a lot of great running backs. What are the signs that you see in him that he can be the next great one in Ohio State? Well, I think you have to start by first acknowledging, remember, this is a kid that missed all but one play of his senior year in high school last year with right. an injury. Uh, came in in the spring, went through all the early stuff, but just immediately looked, and I don't know if this makes sense to you, but he looked like an experienced player. He didn't look like it was his first time out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to make an equal comparison, but similar to what Maurice Claret showed when he first showed up. And the thing that helped Dobbins was that Mike Weber was nursing a hamstring injury, and so Dobbins was able to get a lot of the work. Uh, They really didn't have to play Weber much before they felt that he was good from the hamstring. Antonio Williams, their third tailback, gave him some good minutes in their opener uh, against Indiana, so they didn't have to force Weber in there. He's got a great jump cut. He's got, uh, you know, it's just one of those you watching. And it's kind of hard to imagine, but he just makes it look easy out there when he runs the football. A guy that we, you know, that the average fan's not going to really watch, but that would be Billy Price. When when you have, and I'm sure Jim watches obviously a lot more of this because you're watching the ball, but his move to center, what has that done to really stabilize the offensive line? Well, and it's a repeat movie, too, because if you remember, Pat Elfline did the same yep. thing a couple of years ago. Yep. Billy is, is a tough guy out there. He's, you know, he came in as a defensive lineman. They moved him to offense, and he's just brought that same toughness, that same experience. I think 
you know, he's done what Pat Elfline did, and they both kind of fed off of JT Barrett directly. Uh, but what Billy's been able to do is give them that, that consistency right in the middle. So it's allowed Michael Jordan, now Demetrius Knox, due to the injury that they had at right guard, uh, to be able in the middle to, to really solidify. And then you're seeing Jamarco Jones and Isaiah Price have picked up their performances from a year ago. But Billy's just kind of been a standard bear. And, and from everything we hear, it's it's not just on the field. It's, it's how they function as an offensive line, how they work out, how they do this. And, and he's one of those guys. I know he was named one of those mid-season All-Americans. Um, but he's a guy that just has those intangible values that probably every team wishes they had on their offensive line. The defensive front. Uh, first of all, are they out of Bosa's? I just want to know. Are, 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 okay. I, I just, I just like to. Before I continue with the question, are, are we out of Bosa's? As far as we know, although one of the I forget who it was a few weeks ago, one of the defensive uh, offensive linemen said they were going to talk to uh, John Bosa, Nick's dad, and see if there was any chance they could have some more kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I believe I believe that uh, James Franklin had the same, same conversation with Saquon Barkley's parents uh, <laughs> for, for down the road when you and I are doing this twenty years from now. Uh, yeah. When you look at the defensive front, it was advertised going in they're going to be great. Uh, have they met the expectation, in your opinion, if not exceeded it? I think so, Steve. Now, what's hard to tell, you know, they've got 18 sacks. They've gone against some offenses that have gotten rid of the ball quickly. Um, yeah. So that, that has affected the sack numbers. But I don't think there's any question. So, so consider this. You get Tracy Sprinkle back, who lost, who got hurt in the first game of the year last year. You lose Draymond Jones for two games, and all they do is they take Jalen Holmes and move him from end to tackle. Right. Uh, you get Sam Hubbard. Uh, you get Davon Hamilton, Robert Landers, Tyquan Lewis. And then you start talking about the young guys that have come in, Jonathan Cooper and Jayshon Cornell, um, a couple of true freshmen, Haskell Garrett and Chase Young. And now Michael Hill comes back. And Michael Hill's been back after missing the first six games. So what's happened in the last five weeks the guys that you're used to seeing, Steve, they've only had like 20-some snaps. So they've been able to get out of the game, stay fresh. These younger guys have been able to come in, uh, you know, kind of, you know, earn their bones a little bit. So now the, the Boses, the Hubbards, the Sprinkles, the Jones, the Lewises, they're in a position where as you go down the meat grinder of the schedule, they can log a whole lot of snaps if need be and, and, and physically be there. But, you know, the other thing they've done is they've done what you want a defensive line to do, and that is, you know, create disruption for the linebackers and the defensive backs. And and from your end, you will appreciate the fact that these these guys, when interviewed, when they talk about it, they can't sing the praises of Larry Johnson enough for right. what he's done for them on the field and off the field. Right, and I can I can hear it because I heard it for almost twenty years here. As, yeah, as, really. uh, the same same theme, and just with a different unit. Jerome Baker, you've had a lot of really good linebackers at Ohio State. What makes uh, a Baker the kind of guy that would be in a conversation? He's one of those kind of linebackers. <laughs> Excuse me, and you've seen him there. They just always seem to be around. <laughs> Excuse me, the big plays. He had the pick six last year at Oklahoma. He picks up a fumble a couple of weeks ago and runs it in. He's a guy that that benefited from Dante Booker being hurt last year, but also being around a guy like. Raquan McMillan with the way he played. And, right. and he's become a leader out there. He's He's got the size and the athleticism that you want to see of a linebacker. And he told the story earlier in the year that he spends a lot of his practice time around the defensive linemen. 
Yeah. You know, the group you just asked about, trying to pick up on some of the traits they have. But he just always seems to be around the big plays. Which then gets us to the secondary. Something I've really marveled at, Paul, the last few years is that the secondary play is at a high level. A lot of guys, Eli Apple and so forth, we're going to go to the NFL. Okay. So they have to be down the next year. No. They've got Malik Hooker. They've got Lattimore. They've got Conley. And they're just as good, if not better. Well, they've had to do the same thing all over again. So starting with Denzel Ward, how good are they back there? And is it a little different? Is it tough to keep replacing secondaries every year? I think, Steve, it is tough. And and we saw from game one that that group still needed to grow. Um, You know what it is that Indiana does. (laughs) Excuse me for this cold. And the kind of stress that Indiana puts on you and then the very next week of Baker Mayfield of Oklahoma. But Denzel Ward and Damon Arnett are kind of the linchpins there at corner. And then Damon Webb and Jordan Fuller have really been steady at safety. But it's taken them a while. What we don't know, uh, saw a little bit of it against Nebraska two weeks ago, certainly with what Trace McSorley can do, that will test them like they haven't been since the Oklahoma game. We don't know how much they've improved with their pass defense because that was a concern after two weeks. Um they developed a little bit of depth there with Jeff Okuda and Kendall Sheffield, but can they be the kind of guys that can make the plays against the kind of receivers they're going to see Saturday? We don't know. They they had their issues against both Indiana and Oklahoma, and even though they beat Indiana, you know what kind of receivers they throw out there. Right. Um, so it, it's a group that hasn't quite – what happened last year caught everybody off guard. Who knew Malik Hooker? was going to play the way he did, you know, in Lattimore. Who knew guys that hadn't played a lot would do that? This group, it's taken a little more time, and and we're all the jury is still out on Finally, uh, Paul, just, just some thoughts. What do you what do you think of this game? I mean, you and I get to sit there in our respective booths and take the blank canvas and, and, and paint it, but, you know, what are the initial thoughts at least going into it? Well, mine is, thank goodness it's a day game. Uh, when's the last time? Thank goodness for the World Series that it's a day game. I, I, I am I am absolutely and completely agreeing with you. I mean, I, seriously, I'm really thrilled it's a day, day game. So, yeah, I'm, you and I are on the same page. I mean, I think, you know, we've seen the time now where, like what you had last weekend with the whiteout up there, you know, how the, the night games, at least, what, 10, 15 years ago, they were the exceptions. Uh, you know, Ohio State's had a few night games here uh, like two weeks ago at Nebraska, and, and before that at Rutgers. Why in the devil were those night games? So I think it's great <laughs> that it'll be that kind of atmosphere for the fans of our generation who grew up with afternoon football. I, you know, I think that what you, you come to expect is it'll be a physical game. Yeah. Uh, the the other part, and not so much just because of what happened last year, but a little bit because of some of the kinks that Ohio State has shown. Can they tighten things up on special teams? Uh, their kick coverage has been a little suspect, mostly because their kickoff deal has been. Uh, while Sean Nuremberger has been outstanding with his field goals and his PATs and a, and a redshirt freshman, Drew Crispin, for the most part, has been very good at punting the football. Can they avoid what happened last year? Can they get something going in the return game to affect the field position? Obviously, 
with what Saquon has done as a kick returner, that's something that Penn State has that could be an advantage when it comes to the field position. So, you know, those hidden yards are kind of the thing that I'm anxious to watch for. And, and, and in a game like this, they're the names that we'll talk about so much, whether it's McSorley, Barkley, Barrett, and whoever. Who's going to be the guy that hasn't been talked about a lot, that right. jumps up and makes a play? Who'll be the, you know, the Grant Haley and Marcus Allen of last year, or the, you know, the defensive backs in past years here in Columbus that have made plays against Penn State? Who are going to be those kind of guys that maybe will catch us all by surprise? Yeah, you know, Von Bell, the, the way he set the tone here a couple of years ago. Somebody like mm-hmm. that. Right. Absolutely. I look forward to seeing you, my friend. I know you and I have to tape something before the game, which I'm looking forward to very much. I always do. And appreciate the time you gave us today in this uh, 60 minute style grilling that I promised you over 15 minutes. <laughs> it is my pleasure as always. And uh, look forward to seeing you too, Steve. The great Paul Keels, the play by play voice of Ohio State football and basketball. Always great to spend any time with him. Uh, we have uh, in the Big Ten. And you hear them on the show. You've heard every play-by-play guy on the show, every one of them. Uh, And I think what you've noticed is uh, not only a camaraderie, but I think you've also noticed what great guys they happen to be. Uh, What you hear on the air as we do this is how they are, smart, uh, well-versed in their teams, and fun-loving guys. Uh, just no ego guys, just, you know, enjoy their jobs and they're really good at it. You know, we had Gary Dolphin. I mean, Gary Dolphin's about as nice a guy as there is in the plan to give the shirt off your back. Don Fisher of Indiana, Paul Keels, George Blaha next week. Will Teeman does basketball up at Michigan State. I mean, one after another. I mean, we could run. I mean, Jim Brandstetter was on. Brandy's about it. Brandy also, he's going to do the Steeler game too, uh, coming up on Sunday night on radio because people are, uh, may not realize that uh, Jim Brandstetter is also the uh, color analyst for the Lions radio network. You know, Dan Deardorff. I mean, you know, they, these are just, you know, we run Dave Ennett. We run one after another past you, and they're just, they're, you know, they're just all great guys. You know, Matt LePay at Wisconsin. So uh, we'll have more on, obviously, as, as time goes here. But I think over the last nearly six years of the program, we've had them all on at one point or another. Yeah, we all do favors for each other. I was on Paul's show on Monday night, and I'm going to be on their pregame show tomorrow. So we all do favors for one another all the time. So, it, but it, but it's also something where uh, he mentioned, for example, the award. He's one of the first guys that texted me after the award came out. He was up in Vermont at the time, and he, he texted me uh, right away. I mean, that's that's you know that meant something because you have such great respect for him. Paul has done baseball in his career. He at one point for a couple of years was doing the Cincinnati Reds on TV, and he was telling me what a grind that is because now you're going from the grind of doing the Reds and combining that while still doing Ohio State football in the month of September. See, there's where the grind comes in the crossover. Where he was telling me, look, I'd be in Cincinnati one day, and I have to make sure I got up to Bloomington to do the Indiana football game the next, uh, and that's that's where the grind came in for him. And he finally stopped doing that. He said, ah, "We'll just settle into Ohio State football and basketball." See, I'm lucky with the spikes. My schedule works out really, really well. As I mentioned yesterday, is a big spikes influence on this World Series. Tony Watson with the Dodgers, Luke Gregerson of the bullpen for the Astros. Turner Ward, who in 2008 was the Spikes manager, 
is the hitting coach for the Dodgers. So there's a little Spikes influence all the, all over the place out there. Coming up in the next half hour, I think this is going to be a treat. I think you're really going to enjoy this. If yeah, Think about this. How many games do you really watch? I mean, you watch games, but how often have you watched TCU this year? How often have you watched really watched Alabama this year? Well, we're going to put on a guy in the next half hour that has really watched everybody, and that is the great Phil Steele. He's going to join us on the show. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up now. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Keywords 11 and 15 on Hummel's Wharf. On News Radio 1070, WKOK.